I, I think the most fundamental question we should ask as we embark in this series is why talk about prayer? Why talk about prayer? You know, sometimes when we go to church, we want to we wanna learn things. We want to learn the theology of justification. Or we want to learn the interpretation of tongues. Or we want to learn the theology of propitiation. And what does that mean? And, and, and what is the concept of adoption? And all these theological terms. Um, but when it comes to prayer, we don't really care to learn about prayer. Or we don't even care to talk about prayer. Teach me things that are practical. Teach me uh, what is the Greek definition of the word grace, uh, you know, but, 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 but there is there's such a need for us as a church to be able to speak on prayer. And so you may ask, Pastor, why spend an entire month talking on prayer? Because prayer is the key to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Coming to church doesn't make us Christians. Coming to church does not make you a Christian. And, and sometimes we, we tend to uh, misguide ourselves and, and, and trick ourselves to believe that because I go to church, I am a Christian. But what, 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 doesn't, what makes us a Christian is not that we go to church, although going to church is fundamental in your walk with the Lord but it's not what guarantees you to go to heaven. I will not go to heaven and God will not take me to heaven simply because I go to church. But what guarantees me going and, and, and being a Christian is that I understand the power and importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you notice the Bible, Jesus, there's more biblical information about Jesus praying to the Father more than Jesus going to the synagogue. And we all know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And if he came to fulfill the law, we all know that by virtue of that statement, Jesus went to the synagogue every Saturday. He would go every Saturday. So, so he would go to church, but the disciples spoke more about his prayer life than his church attendance. Because they realized that there was something about Jesus speaking with the Father in prayer that gave him certain things that simply going to church did not give him. And I want to encourage you, church, to as, as you endeavor to embrace the importance of coming to church, which the Bible says that we, all sh we should frequent church and not miss church as many take it for custom. That's what the Bible says, Paul said. But in addition to that, Prayer is fundamental and quintessential towards the growth of every believer. Can somebody say amen? Now, why is prayer important? Because when you pray, you establish a relationship with the Lord. How do I get to know Jesus? By going to church. I had a friend, and I still got a friend. He's from the Bronx. His name is Ruben Tavares. And every time this guy would preach, every time he could be preaching a youth campaign. He could be preaching a conference. He could be giving a class. But every time he preached, there was a statement he always said, and it was this. He said, if you don't pray, you don't know Jesus. And that's such a powerful statement because to know Jesus is the end result of a life of prayer. Why? Because to know Jesus was going to help you how to do several things. When you know Jesus, here's what happens. You know how to live. 
When you know Jesus, you know how to love. When you know Jesus, you know how to forgive. When you know Jesus, you know how to serve. When you know Jesus, you know how to trust in Him. When you know Jesus, you know how to treat your family. When you know Jesus, fill in the blank. But when you don't have a relationship with God in prayer, you're not going to know how to live. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, things are going crazy. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But when you have a relationship with Christ, He will help us how to live life. Have you ever been around people you can't stand? Have you ever been around people you, you, you know, that you hating them is kind of like, it's kind of cool? It's borderline not a sin. No, Lord, I know you said I can't hate anybody, but God, you hate her too. <laughs> when you pray, here's what happened. Every time you pray, a part of Jesus rubs up on you. So the more you pray, the more you become like Christ. That's why, that's why. When Jesus starts preaching in Matthew chapter 5 on the, on the Sermon on the Mount on the Beatitudes, and you start hearing this message, this message is kind of crazy because Jesus said, forgive those and love those who do bad to you. When, when you start understanding, blessed are those that mourn and blessed are those that suffer for my name's sake. When you start understanding Jesus, it doesn't make sense because the way we live life is, you do me wrong, I'm going to punch you. That's it. You do me wrong, I'm going to cut you. You do me wrong, ching, ching. <laughs> And, and, and in this world, in this world, there are some people that you have the justification to hate them. Based on the clauses and the conditions of living in this world, it's okay to hate certain people. But when you start having a relationship with Christ and you start engaging in a walk with the Lord, there's some things about Jesus that rubs off on you. Matter of fact, when, remember the story in the Bible when Peter denied Jesus three times? Peter was trying to act like the hood. He was trying to act like the crowd. Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. I don't know him. And you know what the Bible says? That the people started saying, bro, what are you doing? You're trying to act like you're not a follower of Christ, but you look like him, you talk like him, you act. What, what, what am I saying? When you start getting close to Christ, people are going to start seeing that you're not who you used to be because there's something about our association with somebody that a piece of that person becomes a part of you. There are times, there are times that I'm with my wife and we can be in a gathering like this and, 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 and we're so into each other, Okay. Um, you know, you know, when I, when I, you know, when, when I fell in love with my wife and, and, and I ain't going to be humble when my wife fell in love with me, <laughs> I was minding my own business. She was like, <laughs> that's a lie of the devil. <sighs> Listen, when I met my wife. I was attracted by what I saw. Oh. I saw a vision. And there was hundreds of girls there. Can I get an amen? But there was something about when I saw that apparatus, five foot tall. Oof. Oof. 
When I saw a vision, when I saw a vision, I was like, oh, no, she didn't. I, I was attracted by a vision. I was attracted by what I saw. I didn't marry her, and up until this day, been with her 20-plus years because of what I saw. What I saw attracted me to her. But what makes me stay with her 20-plus years is not what I saw, is what happened as a result of what I saw. When I saw her, I said, I got to know her. And you know what happened? Now, from not just liking how she looks, guess what I liked? Her personality. I like every time I would talk to her and she'll talk to me and she'll look at me. She, I just love her eyes. I love her. And she'll look at me with those eyes and, 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 and she will minister to my soul. <laughs> you know, Pastor, gonna get busy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, shut up. Listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> she needs a prayer card. Let me get a prayer card. <laughs> All right, listen, 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 listen. Listen. Because from seeing something I liked, it led me to develop a relationship with her so that what I saw would eventually change through time, pregnancy, and children. The relationship I have with her is greater than the vision. And let me say this because some of us, we're here. Some of us are here. Oh, my God, I, I don't know. I was walking down one day, and all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit touch me, and I had this big encounter, and I saw a bird, and I saw God. But, but listen, when God shows himself to you, it is not just so that you can see him. He endeavors to embrace a relationship with you so that after you don't see him no more, you feel him, you love him, you desire him, and you want to grow in a relationship with the Lord. But the problem with us is, is that we, some of us have a habit to pray as a last resort. We do everything and we try everything and we scrutinize everything and we plan everything and, and then at the end, Lord, can you bless this? We leave prayer as a last resort. But God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do. But God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Some of us, we pray, Lord, I'm about to divorce them. Some of us, we pray, Lord, I'm about to kick out the house. Lord, I'm about to quit my job. Lord, I'm about to change this. Lord, I'm about, I can't take it no more. So, Lord, I want you to bless my decision. No, 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 no. Take it to prayer first before you make your decision. Got to do it first. Most of us would prefer to spend our time doing something that will get immediate results because some of us feel that praying to God takes a long time to get an answer. We don't want to wait for God to resolve matters in His good time. Because His idea of response seldom does not sync 
two hours. Did you know that statistics says and shows that fewer and fewer Christians pray to God? Fewer. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, now people don't want to pray. Some people have a relationship with God by means of somebody else's relationship with God. Oh, God spoke to me. Yeah, well, how did he tell you? No, no, because, you know, there's a, there's a, the prophet of the church, he told me he had a dream, and in the dream he saw me in a little boat, and in the boat there was a sky open, and God told me he's going to bless me. Oh, yeah, I'm walking in the blessing because God told me. No, 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 don't have a relationship by secondhand opinion. you got to develop a relationship with God so that as you have a relationship with God, whatever people tell you confirms with what you already heard from the Lord. Got to have a relationship with God. Listen to me. Some people don't have a relationship with God because of technological advances. Some people don't have a relationship with God. Listen, I remember when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid. Okay, when we had no Walgreens and no CVS. Can I get an amen? And all we had was Alexander's. Remember Alexander's? Remember Woolworth? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay. When you, would get a, when you would get a fever at night and there was no CVS 24 hours a day uh-huh, to go get a pack of pills and all you had was prayer. Remember that? Remember that? All you had was prayer. But nowadays, nowadays, we don't, we don't go to God for a miracle because we solve it all at the counter. Oh, Lord, I, 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 Lord. And, and, and CVS has turned into our God. And Walgreens has become our idols. But I'm praying that God may put in his church a desire and a passion for prayer. That prayer could be the first thing. Before we go to a lawyer, we're going to pray. Before we go to the divorce court, we're going to pray. Before we do this, before we do the other, every decision you make, you got to pray first. Got to pray first. Listen to me. Do we simply believe that we don't need prayer? Or have we come to the conclusion that God cannot change our circumstance? And so consequently, well, he ain't going to change it. I'm going to do me. I'm here to tell you that God is looking for people to pray before you make any decision. And this is going to all sink in when I get to my point at the end. We need to take our burdens before the Lord. We need to take everything we're going, we're going to do before the Lord. God has to be a part of everything we do. Second Kings chapter 19. Check out this verse. It says, Hezekiah, who was the king of Israel, received a letter of the hand of the messengers and read it, and Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. If you follow me, you know that I, po- I did a devo on this like a month and a half ago. Now notice this. This scripture here is one of the best pictures of a man of prayer in the entire Bible. Let me, let me give you a snapshot of this scripture. Hezekiah is king over Israel. And during his leadership, there was a cruel king by the name of, listen to this, the Assyrian king named Ananias, who was antagonizing and attacking the people of Israel. And what does this king do? He sends his servant, Rabshakeh, who was the army spokesman, and he sends a threatening letter and tells Hezekiah 
not to trust the Lord God for deliverance. In other words, they're about to, to fight against Hezekiah and the people of Israel. And here comes this, I'm going to call him Rab. And here comes Rab, who is the messenger of the army with a rose scroll. And he goes into the palace of Hezekiah and he says, Hezekiah, I got a message from my king to you. And the message is, don't pray to your God. Don't waste your time praying because by the end of the day, my king and his army is going to destroy you and your kingdom. Can you imagine that? The question is, how would you have responded if you was Hezekiah? If I was Hezekiah, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he didn't just come to my palace talk about he's going to kill me. Uh, uh, shoot him real quick. <laughs> Look what Hezekiah does. Hezekiah gets the scroll, and all the scroll says is, we're going to kill you. By this time tomorrow, you and your, and your servants and your family and your oxen and your land is going to be ours. And then he wrote down there, and by the way, don't even pray to your God because your God ain't going to do nothing for you. And your God ain't going to save you. And your God ain't going to deliver you. You know what Hezekiah did? The first thing Hezekiah did when he got that message by Rab, you know what he did? The first thing he did, say with me, say, say with me, say, say, he closed the scroll. The first thing he did, he closed the scroll. I'm here to tell you this morning, if any negative voice of the enemy has opened up the scroll to speak a word of destruction over you and over your family and over your ministry, I'm here to tell you today, don't fight him back. Don't try to attack him. Close the scroll. We got to learn how to close our ears from voices contrary to the will of God. We got to learn how to shut our ears and say, devil, I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to close the scroll. He closed the scroll. And you know what the Bible says? He closed the scroll. And look what it says. And Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord. And in the house of the Lord, he spread the roll. Devil, devil, you're not going to see me read this junk because you're a liar. Because if I read it in your face, anger's going to want to make me fight. And I'm going to make impulsive decisions. And I'm going to make last-minute decisions. I'm not going to read it before you. I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. And in the house of the Lord, he opened the scroll. And the Bible says he laid before the ark of the Lord, before the presence of God. Oh, God, I, what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? When the enemy speaks a word against you, don't fight your fight. Open the scroll in the hands of God and say, God, I can't do this, but you can do this. And I'm just going to surrender, and I'm going to let God be God. And I'm not going to get out of this place until I come out this place with the strength to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. How did Hezekiah deal with the letter? He took it. He received it. And he took it to the Lord. See, when you have a relationship with God, you realize that your struggles ain't your struggles. When you have a relationship with God, you realize that your burdens ain't your burdens. Jesus said, come all to me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. So when you throw me an attack, I want it. I'm taking it. Bring that back. Bring that back. Yeah. 
We got to learn how to take it to the Lord. You got to learn. When you learn how to take it to the Lord, you don't lose, you don't lose sleep. That's what the devil, that's what the devil wants to keep you perplexed, disturbed, and confused with all of these scrolls he's throwing in your face. But I'm here to tell you, whenever they throw you a scroll, throw it to the Lord and put your trust in God, and God will give you victory. Listen to me. How do we deal with this letter? Same way Hezekiah dealt with it. He read it. I'm sorry, he took it. He read it. And then he put it before the Lord. What a wonderful picture of prayer, huh? If we were to do that more than fighting back, what, what, what you say? What you, what you, if, if we were to do that more, it's spreading our problems, our temptations, our struggles before the Lord. In the face of every temptation to do otherwise. So I ask you today, are you wrestling with a temptation to sin that is threatening to conquer you? And if you are, here's my advice as I close. Take it before the Lord. Spread it before the Lord. Is your heart weighed down with some terrible worry or sorrow or pain? Here's my advice to you, Hezekiah says, spread it before the Lord. Have you felt the weight of guilt before a holy God for the first time? Here's what the Lord is saying. Spread it before the Lord. Spread it before the Lord. That's why Jesus taught us more the importance of prayer than the importance of walking on water. Jesus taught us more the importance of prayer than casting out devils. Jesus showed us more the importance of praying before. That's why he's my model. Jesus, check this out. Jesus, Jesus, before he picked the 12 disciples, you know what he did? The Bible says Jesus prayed all night. And who was Jesus? Somebody say God. Before God chose the 12, he prayed. He didn't just pick them because they were cute. He prayed before he picked the 12. Jesus prayed before he multiplied the bread and the fishes. We're talking about Jesus. He didn't have to pray. He's God. But before he prayed, before he multiplied the bread and the fish, he prayed first. Jesus prayed. John chapter 16. Jesus prayed before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He stood before the tomb and he said, oh God, I know that you hear me. And it was as a result of that prayer that then he shouted out, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus prayed at the cross before he went to heaven. Jesus said seven expressions on the cross, seven. Did you know that the first one he said was a prayer? And the last one he said was a prayer. This is, this is at his most crucial moment in the cross. The first thing he did was he took it to the Father and he prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That's a prayer. His, his last expression was, Father, into your hands I place my spirit. And that's our model, Jesus. So I want to encourage you, church, everything you do, I want to encourage you to take it before the Lord. Take it before the Lord. I know sometimes your ego tells you you can handle it. No, you can't. I know the pressure of society tells you you got to do it. You, I'm here to encourage you. Take everything you do before the Lord in prayer. Pray first. Act second. And why am I saying that? Why this series? Why now? Here's why. Because 
Sometimes we have a problem understanding when, it, when something is God and something is not God. Let me say that again. Can I say that again? Sometimes we have a problem understanding what is of God and what is not of God. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm going to say this. Some things look godly, but they're not godly. And I, and I told you as a church, I told you as a church, when I started this church, I said, I will, I will never dishonor God. I will never dishonor God. As long as he gives me the strength, I won't do it. But I will always be transparent with the church. Because I, I understand that you all have decided to be part of this church because of him and because of my leadership. And the last thing I want to do is dishonor God and cause you not to trust God because of me. So that keeps me on my knees every day. Lord, every decision I make, I want to honor God. Do you know that I have a board in this church? I have a board of, mem of, of leaders in this church that I surround myself with. And these guys, they don't tell me what I want to hear. They tell me what I have to hear. And I've made decisions, and she'll tell you, I've made decisions as a board. I say, guys, I think we should do this. Said, Pastor, no. And you know what I did? Well, get out of my church. No, I ain't do that. <laughs> do that. I said, you know what? I submit. I submit. Because the last thing I want to do is dishonor God with the gifting he's given me. And I understand the importance of a church saying, that's my God, that's my leader. And as long as I'm connected to authority and hearing the voice of God, then you will trust our leadership. The moment I start doing what I want to do because I want to do it, this thing's going to shamble and fall. Because I can't sustain a church. I didn't die for it. He did. So, 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 so. Here's what's happening. We're doing what God is calling us to do. And you know what's happening? God is opening doors. And you know what happens? The devil knows he can't mess with me. So you know what the devil does? And this is, he does this a lot. The devil will present opportunities to me that look just like the ones God is presenting. And, and, and it falls under the clause of this is godly. And here, here's what I'm saying because because. I just want to be in God's perfect will. I want to be in God's perfect will. And I want to take the church in God's perfect will. That's what I want to do. So, so, so I, told, I, I told my wife and I told some of the leaders, we got to go to prayer because some doors are opening right now for us. God is giving us favor. And God is opening doors. And the last thing I want to do is run through a door because it looks good and it's not God. That's the last thing I want to do. And let me tell you the door that opened. As a result of all that we're doing, one Friday a month, we go to a downtown homeless coalition, and people from this church, if you ever gone to the downtown coalition, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. No, 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 raise your hands. There you go. Some of us, we go there, and we feed the homeless. Put that picture up there, please. There you go. We're there. That first part where the sign is at, that's where the homeless come every Friday, and they go there to get food, and we feed them, and then we preach to them, and they teach them. And then on that other side, which is all one building, there's a, apartments up there, and there's a little business there, and, and some of the homeless live there, okay? So the lady, the lady that owns that, because it's paid off, the lady that owns it, she's 72, 74 years old. She's a little advanced in age, and, 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 and she put this sign, she put this sign last week, put that sign up. 
and that broke me. She put a sign up there that says, ministry closed until further notice. And so she called Norby and said, Norby, unfortunately, don't come because we're going to have to shut down. We can't operate the building. We can't do this. It's too much for us. And Norby told her, listen, before you speak to anybody else, let me speak to my pastor. So he told me, he said, Pastor, this is a great resource. They're shutting down because they can't afford it. So I met with the lady a week and a half ago. I went, I, went to her, I went to that building, and we started conversing. And I was telling her, she asked me, Pastor, tell me, what, what's, what's your vision? I want to know your vision. I want to know your heart. And so we started sharing the vision of what we're doing and, and why we're doing outreach and why we're feeding the poor and why we're doing what we're doing. And, and, and as I was speaking, the Holy Spirit was just confirming in her that I am the man and we are the church to help her. And she said, wow, everything you say sits right with my spirit. And God gave us favor. And she says, well, Pastor, here's the dilemma I'm in. I, can't, I cannot afford to operate this ministry. I can't. It's too much for me. The light bill alone is $1,000, just light bill alone. Insurance and some of the staff they got there and some of the expenses, the water and the taxes. Long story short, $3,000 it takes to, to maintain that building. Now, the building is paid off. She says, Pastor, I can't do this. That's why I closed on. I can't afford it. Some churches are helping, but they only give for so much, and, and, and it's just me. And I can only, I can come up only half with the pledges and the sponsorships in some churches. So I can only come up to about twelve to $1,500. And while she's telling me all that, in my mind, I'm saying, my God, if we take over this thing, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm having church in my brain. I, I, hear, I hear the organ playing, and, and I'm running over the church, and we're throwing bottles of water. But at that moment, I said, I, I, I got to make sure that this is God. Because just because it looks good does not mean it's what God wants us to do. Now, that's exactly what we do every week. So, 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 so now, now, now my prayer is, Lord, Lord, I want to be, be responsible. Because what is it that I, I tell her, yes, let's do this, and then we're all up to here, and we can't breathe as a church because we're broke every Sunday. And I don't want to be preaching, give to God and give money and, may, and start changing my message from Jesus to money. I will never do that. The devil is a liar. So I told her, I said, you know what? She said, Pastor, Pastor, she said, Pastor, I'm going to go pray. And I said, you know what, Miss Jane? I'm going to go pray. And in 30 days, we're going to sanctify ourselves to pray, to hear what God has to say. I'm going to take this scroll and lay it before the Lord. Because if this is God's will for us, if this is God's will for us, I promise that is going to be the beginning of one of the greatest things we're going to do for the city of Kissimmee to the glory of God. If that's God's will. But, the, but can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? I don't know if that's God's will for us. I don't know. And just because it looks like it's God's will, I can't say it's God's will because God didn't speak. And you know that many people do those type of decisions. It looks good. It sounds right. It's perfect. But that doesn't mean it's God. So, so here's what I want you to help me do. Can you help me pray these next 30 days? To hear from God, to see if that's what he wants us to do. Because I believe if that's what God wants us to do, like he's done so far that he's bought us the property that we have as a church in Parnell, that he got the man to put the floor, that he got the man to give us the van, that he got the man. If this is God, then God's going to make a way. And I know, no doubt, I got a plan. 
I, I can't say, yeah, we're going to do church and ministry. I got to have a business plan. Okay, well, what happens if you die in two years? You know, so, so I'm, I'm already thinking in another aspect, but, but, but I, we have to take things before the Lord because just because it looks good, anybody else will say, you know what, to church, the Lord just opened the door. Can I get a witness? And all you have to be like, amen, amen. And then we're up to here and we can't breathe. So we have to be responsible. Even when those doors that open look godly, we have to be responsible and we have to pray. So here's what I want you to help me do this month for the next 30 days. Can we pray to God? God, can you show our pastor? Can you show our pastor? Can you give him insight? Can you touch that woman? And, and can, you, can we pray? Is that a right church? Do we pray this month as a church so that we can be in God's perfect will? and not in an emotional will, that we can be in God's perfect will. So that if it's God's will that we go and get that, we're going to celebrate that to the glory of God. And if it's God's will that we don't get it, we can say it's not God's will and leave that door and move forward. In doing that, look what we do. When we do that, you know what happens? We honor God. We honor God. And I, and, and I, and I, am, I am, Barbara, I am clear. We don't need a building to do ministry. Because we don't have a church, and look what God has done. So I'm not caught up in, oh, my God, God, I don't care about that. But if that's what God wants to give us, why not take it? Can I get an amen? Amen. But if he doesn't want to give it to us, I'm not going to force the envelope. So we need to pray. I need you to pray. Because there are people here that are about to make some decisions. Listen to me. Before you divorce her, before you divorce him, take it to God in prayer. Before, before you change your career, before you leave your job, pray first. Pray first. I, I, listen, I come from the school, and my brother see him. I said, before, be, be, I, I had people in my church, in my old church back in the days in New York. They were asked for prayer. Listen, uh, can you pray for me? Because uh, I'm thinking about, check this out, this is the most funniest thing. I'm thinking about buying a car. I don't know what car I want God, God to guide me to buy a car. And so we would pray, Lord, bless the Lord, give a vision. <laughs> Anoint the Lord, give it the eyes to see the car. See the, a car! And it, and it sounds almost ridiculous to pray for a car. I remember when people, when people would move to a new apartment, they bring the apartment keys to the church. Can you anoint my keys? <laughs> it's not ridiculous. And then we'll go and put oil on the walls. And but, but, but we got to pray first. Got to pray first. And so I don't, the last thing I want to do is make one mistake because I didn't pray. So I, I tell you, church, I will never stand up here in this pulpit. I promise you. And if I don't hear from the Lord, I will not say it. Because I honor you. And I understand that you are trusting God as you trust me. And I'm not going to take that lightly. Oh, no, not me. I'd rather not do this no more. Because every time you come to this church, what you're saying is, we believe that God spoke to you and you're speaking to us. We believe that God is going to lead you and whatever you ask from this pulpit, I'm going to endorse and, 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 and bless because I believe. So how can I take that and not consult God on everything I'm going to do? So listen, my style is, if you, those of you who know me from eight, nine years ago, my style is I'm transparent. I'm transparent. If we ain't got no money, church... We broke. That, that's how I am. If we got, if we're blessed, church, God has been good. 
And I believe that honesty is important. Transparency is important. So that you can know my heart and I can know yours. So church, I need y'all to help me pray this month. Let's pray for the will of God to come to pass. For God, I can't pray alone. I, I mean, I could, but I need your prayers. Lord, if this is your will, do what you got to do. Provide a way. Talk, give pastor ideas how he can bring revenue to make this happen. How, how, how people like Eliseo who have a marketing business, you know, we can contact businesses and say, listen, we need sponsors. We need, we need you to sponsor this project. And, and if I get 17, 20 sponsors to give me three, $400 a month, guess what? We pay this. If I get business owners in this church, we have a bunch of business owners in this church. Says, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to speak my business, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I'll sponsor you the food on Tuesday, and I'll sponsor you the food on Friday. And if we do that, and I hope you with the life. If we do that, if we come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan, until God says yes or no, guess what God could do? Oh, my God, what God That God touched people in this church. If this is God's will, that God touches people in this church and say, you know what? Let's make this happen. And then y'all start serving in the church. Can you imagine? You're serving in that office and you're in there helping and feeding and blessing and touching and giving training and, and helping people get out of the streets and get out of home. And, oh, my God. Oh, it sounds nice, but I got to make sure it's God's will. And I tell you, George, sometimes I feel like calling you. Yeah, we're in there. But no, I can't. I can't tell you're a liar. I got to pray. I got to pray. Because, church, one mistake we do one mistake we do outside of the will of God. That's why, that's, that's how I am. One mistake we do out of the will of God could harm us for a long time. So let's walk in the Spirit. Let's not just go by what we see. Let's go by relationship.